previously on Winglings, the jolly leafer sank, but we were able to lasso a barking bass and were pulled the rest of the way to the black forest. After we set up camp, I followed a trail of dark water to Tim, who was waiting for me. He refused to give up his dark campaign, so we fought. I managed to gain the upper hand, but Emerald came out of nowhere and blew me back into a boulder and tied me down with vines. She and Tim walked off together. And now for episode 14, The Sun Rises. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. sat there, tied against the boulder, all night. If it weren't for the vine covering my mouth, I would have used a spell to break free. Even Gabriel was wrapped several times next to me to keep him from slicing us out. Needless to say, it was a long night. As I watched the sun rise through the black trees, I thought about Emerald. I was still shocked she'd done this. Amazed that she was powerful enough to cast a spell that would still be holding me tight through the night. Amazed that she had walked away with Tim. She really was a minion now. That look in her eyes when she said, Goodbye, Will, it sent shivers down my wings just thinking about it. It wasn't Em who was talking, it was someone else. She had changed completely. Was there any hope of bringing her back? I could hear shouts coming from camp. Magborn and the others were looking for me. I couldn't call out for them, so I had to wait until they found me. Magborn was holding his Zaxlin smoke out as a guide. Scrub! He flew over and cut me loose. Gabriel and I fell to the ground. Who did this? Magborn's eyes glowed red. Gabriel flew into my hand as I got to my feet and I sheathed him. I'm sorry, Will, his voice said to my mind. Me too, I whispered. I slowly looked up at Magborn. It was Tim. I knew it, Fat and Emerald. Magborn looked at me stunned. She attacked you? She isn't herself. It's like she's under a spell. Bested by your little sister... Mags shook his head. She's a powerful pixie wielder, I reminded him. You helped train her. Ah, that I did, and I may live to regret it. With her as a minion, our quest to stop the turd just became significantly more difficult. We'll change her back. We have to. Following our Zaxlins, we journeyed deeper into the Black Forest. There was very little laughter or merriment heard from the orchid fairies at this point. I think after seeing me tied to the boulder, they realized just how close we were to facing the enemy. 
I wondered if they'd be ready. They'd spent so much time in hiding, it was anyone's guess what they'd do when put in front of countless minions. The forest itself grew stranger the deeper we went. Black trees were growing out of boulders. Black streams somehow wound their way up trunks, across branches and into leaves. But what was far more strange and unsettling was the fact that other than the trees, there was no life in this forest. There were no chirping birds, no scurrying insects, just eerie silence. It somehow made the journey feel even longer. We switched between walking and flying to rest our wings. We took turns carrying Winnie and Lou during the flying portions of the journey. Oliver insisted on carrying Winnie, and I got stuck carrying Lou, who didn't much like being held like a baby. Your hair keeps flying into my face, she complained. I could drop you, you know, I reminded her. The next time we were on foot, Magborn walked by my side. I admire your hope, Will, he said. But how do you plan on changing her back? We've already tried pushing light into her through water, and you saw how that went. It hadn't gone well. Emerald had put up a fight the few times we tried forcing her into water so we could fill it and her with light pixie. Even when we managed to hold her down, the effort and concentration of giving the water every ounce of light we had still wasn't enough. Her darkness pushed back. Her complexion had brightened for a brief moment, but we ran out of pixie before any meaningful change could take place. It'll take more of us, I said. You and I might not have enough power to change her back, but if more of us channeled light, more of us... Magborn glanced back at the orchids and pixie knots behind us. You see an army of pixie wielders around here? Winnie isn't enough to make a difference? We're a rare bunch, Scrub. You know that. I have little hope more pixie wielders will be coming to our aid. Maybe we don't all need to be pixie wielders for it to work. Surely there's a way. Seeing my downtrodden expression, Magborn stopped and grabbed onto my shoulders. I'm not trying to discourage you, Will. I'm trying to help you think through the details. That's what leaders do. If you think of something you want to try, I will be right there by your side. I smiled. Thanks, Mags. We continued on, following the points of our swords through the forest, until we reached a valley lined with black boulders. Dark streams converged on this area, winding between the boulders or through the rock. Many had holes where the filthy water had withered away at the rock over the years. These two had strange symbols like the boulders where Tim and I fought. We traversed the boulders until we reached the last row of them. Staying out of sight, we looked out at a large field of black grass surrounding a single white tree. The Tree of the Dead. He was monstrous in every way, one of the biggest and ugliest trees I'd ever seen. Its branches were dry, dead, and twisting in all directions. White bulging roots clung to the ground like giant skeletal fingers. Its holes were dark as night. Every black stream from the forest flowed into its trunk. Dark pixie hung heavy in the air. I found myself bowing my head slightly under its gloomy weight. Surrounding the tree, wielding torches, were thousands upon thousands of minions, 
Hardles with their black spiky shells, dark fairies, black bees, bungabos with their six legs and pig-like bodies, and mean-looking lizards, all waited patiently for their leader to speak. Timothy stood atop one of the bulging roots and faced his army. Next to him was Emerald. She looked awful. I hardly recognized her. The transformation was complete. She looked every bit as menacing as the terrible toad. My instinct was to draw my sword and charge, but as my hand touched the Zaxlin's handle, Gabriel's voice stopped me. Steady yourself, Will. You are a king, not a mercenary. Patience. Be the calm from the storm. Remember, you are not alone. You will need the pixie of all light bearers when the time comes. Stay by their side. I let go of the handle and calmed my jittering wings. Magborn nodded to Tim. He speaks. My valiant warriors, Tim called out. His voice spread through the dark pixie in the air. Those who have marched with me and those who have met here to join our ranks, you will be rewarded. For years you have been forced to live in hiding. For too long you have been oppressed by fairy royalty. I stand here before you today as a champion of your suffering. Only I can break the chains that hold you down. Together we will create a new world. One of order and equality. <laughs> he scanned the sea of heads before him. I sense that some of you are not yet convinced of this possibility. I sense that those newly transformed among you have not yet tasted of the dark pixie power that will bring about this change. He drew his shadow's axle and placed the remaining shadow stones he'd stolen from me carefully into its blade. Then he aimed his sword at the sky and shouted, Behold, the darkness spreads! Mrathnish! A green lightning bolt shot out of the tip of his sword and boom! An explosion of green light filled the sky. Tiny green sparks rained down over the field, landing on the black grass and surrounding trees. Minions gazed up in awe. As the sparks soaked into the ground, the grass and trees started to change. Gradually, as if clouds were giving way to light, the plants turned green. The leaves on the trees looked vibrant and healthy, Mushrooms sprouted up out of the now moist soil. One extraordinarily large mushroom sprouted up in front of a boulder not far from our hiding spot. It looked strangely similar to the toadstool hut Tim lived in back home in Emerald Creek. Tim's face sank. His army fell silent. Even from a distance I could see Tim's shock and confusion. Emerald also looked deeply unsettled. She backed away from the greenery as if it were about to pounce on her. Tim shook his rubbery face and blinked. <coughs> then his scowl returned and he stabbed the sword into the ground. As he did, the tops of every mushroom exploded. Boom, 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 boom. It ended with one final fantastic boom. And the top of the giant toadstool blew open. 
minions erupted into cheers. Magborn and I looked at each other. Sizzling chunks of mushroom rained down on us behind the boulders. Timothy turned to face the tree and hesitated. Do it! shouted some of the minions. Stab the tree! Stab the tree! Long live the Dark One! There must have been some flakes of Shadowstone left in my pocket, as I could faintly hear the nagging words of the Shadow Saxon in Tim's mind. Do it! it urged. Stab the tree! This is our moment! I could sense the conflict inside Tim. It shimmered in waves through the abundant dark pixie in the air. What was he waiting for? All he had to do was stab his sword into the tree to be officially crowned the Dark One, imbued with matchless power. And yet, the great toad stood still. Stab that tree! Stab that tree! His minions chanted. Stab that tree! Stab that tree! Emerald approached him and whispered something into his ear. All I could make out through the shadow stone flakes were the words, Tomorrow. Lunas. Wait. A moment later, Tim turned to face the sea of minions. We will wait until the Lunas have joined us. They have earned the right to witness the ceremony. Tomorrow, when they arrive, the Dark One will be crowned. There were a few scattered cheers and growls, but mainly sounds of murmuring disappointment. Timothy hopped down from the root and began setting up camp with his army. From the other side of the boulders, we did the same. As the sun dipped below the dreary forest, there was no merriment around pixie fires. There were no lights allowed whatsoever. All orchids were to go to their tents and await our orders. Magborn flew over to my teepee once everyone was settled and lookouts were stationed. Tonight we will strategize our attack, he said, unfolding a piece of parchment that already had scribbled notes. I thought we could line up half over here, the other half over there. You and I can lead the charge with these spells that... No, I said. There will be no battle. Scrub, Magborn chuckled. If there was ever a need to go to battle, the time is now. Prepared or not, there's no turning back. We're not turning back. We're pressing forward, but not to strike down our enemy. These are our neighboring clans. These were our friends. We're scrub. If you flutter out there with arms wide open, you know as well as I, they'll drive a spear through your heart. I'll think of something. By tomorrow morning, I'll, I'll have a plan to share with the group. Magborn smiled at me. Spoken like a true leader. Night, Will. Night. As everyone but the lookout guards headed off to bed, I climbed up onto one of the boulders and gazed up at Mother Moon. She was bright and nearly full. Her light illuminated most of the field next to me, the green grass glowing silver in her radiance. Uh, Mother Moon, I said. If you're listening, I need you now more than ever. I need a plan. Something that will protect us and the minions we need to change. Guide my thoughts. Clear my mind. Clear Tim's mind. Show him what he misses. After what happened today, I know beyond doubt that there's a part of him that longs for home. 
for goodness, for light. Show it to him. Remind him of how it feels. Protect Emerald. You know we need her. Prepare her for tomorrow. I'm coming for her. Light. I looked out over the tents of the minions in the distance. I could practically hear their guttural snores and growls. Beyond them, squatting atop one of the roots of the tree, was Tim. He hadn't noticed me. He was too busy gazing up at Mother Moon as well. I could sense his fear and hesitation. The powerful dark pixie in the air carried emotions easily. Most of it was dread and weighty anger, but for a split second, I felt a glimmer of hope. I remembered me and Em tied up in the lunar ship. I remembered the gloom we felt, the hopelessness. I remembered Em's words. We need to stop focusing on the dark pixie around us and find a way to change the dark to light. I thought of us joining hands, closing our eyes and focusing on thoughts that brought us joy and the feeling of love. I closed my eyes and tried it again. At first the darkness crept in, thoughts of us being outnumbered and feeling of despair. I pushed it away and thought about the beautiful green I'd seen earlier from Tim's accidental spell. I thought about Emerald. I looked up to her. I remembered laughing and splashing around in the pools of perfection. I thought about the overwhelming warmth of witnessing her receive her sister blades. I thought of us training together and practicing a spell together, nearly blowing ourselves up. I laughed. The coldness around me faded. A warm mist swirled around me. I stored as much pixie as I could, just as Em had taught me. I opened my eyes and saw radiant pixie glowing beneath my skin. I'd done it. I changed the dark pixie to light. And with what? Feelings? Strong, joyful feelings? I quickly fluttered off the boulder before my glow could be seen by the dark army. When I landed, I looked out over the orchid's peapod tents. I smiled, thinking of their songs and laughter around the pixie fire the other night. They had managed to sing and dance despite the gloom of the black forest around them. They found joy amidst the dread. They brought light to the dark. That was it. With a smile, I fluttered off the boulder and headed to my teepee. When the sun rose the next morning, I'd hardly slept an hour. I'd been up all night thinking through my plan. The sun's warmth was a welcome break from the night's chill. It managed to make the black forest almost appear pleasant. The white tree of the dead practically shone under its rays. Magborn was already up, as were the pixie knots and most of the orchid clan. They stood next to their tents facing the forest. A humming sound filled the trees. I flew over to Mags. What is it? Magborn patted my back. Help! My heart stopped. The Daffodil Clan, led by my parents, flew out of the trees. Ma! Da! I flew up and gave them both a hug. You're alright! Well, of course we're alright, Ma said, tossing her red curly hair. Why wouldn't we be? I was worried that maybe the Shadowed Water had changed our clan, I said. Why am I glad to see it hasn't? My clan didn't look ready for battle. 
They wore simple green clothes and carried slings and crude swords. But the look of determination on their faces made me proud. How did you know to come? I asked. The hummingbirds, Das said, flew in out of nowhere and wrote their urgent message on the ground. It was dreadful timing, Ma added. I'd just thrown a loaf of fig leaf bread in the oven when they came. Had to take it out, of course. There's a pile of doughy goo on the table now. I could tell she was still annoyed by it. Where's your sister? She asked, looking around. She's... My parents didn't like the pained look on my face. She's over there with the Dark Army. We're what? They both said. She's been changed with the rest of the kingdom, but I'll get her back, I promise. Ma and Dad peeked around a boulder, hoping to get a look at their daughter. It was probably best that they didn't see her in her current state. As the last daffodil flew out of the trees, they were followed by dozens of hummingbirds. The majestic creatures landed next to me. One of them bowed and wrote in the dirt with its sharp beak. Only the daffodils and roses remain, it said. Thank you, I said with a bow. We had a few others join us last night as well, Mag said, pointing to a small brigade of rose fairies who were tightening their golden armor. It isn't an army, but it's good enough for me. They pulled me aside so no one else could hear. Now, about that plan. You do have one, don't you? I, I think so. Magborn leaned in and whispered, When you're a king, it's best to pretend you know so. Got it. I flew up onto a boulder and faced our tiny army. Look around you, I told them. Each fairy glanced over its shoulders. You are it. You are the last bearers of light in all fairydom. You are the rising sun. We are not here to strike down our enemy. The fairies looked at each other confused. We are here to change their hearts. Just as the dark army before you has grown through shadowed water, we have reason to believe light pixie can be transferred through water currents as well. It won't be easy. You'll have to fight but I ask that you restrain from striking down the dark fairies before you. They are our friends and neighbors. I believe we can lift the veil of darkness that has been placed over their eyes. And how do we do that? Oliver said, folding his arms. Most of us aren't pixie wielders like you. You may not be, but each of you has light in you. It's what makes you a fairy. It's what allows you to light pixie fires. It's what keeps your wings fluttering. You all have felt that light, I'm sure of it. When we charge out and engage, look for my signal. When you see it, touch the water and think of what you love most. Oliver chuckled. <laughs> We're going to defeat the Dark Army with happy thoughts. We're going to cast away the shadow with light, I corrected. If you're in a position to grab the Dark Fairy next to you and get them in the water at the same time, do it. I know it won't be easy trying to fend off an attacker and channel love at the same time, but this is the best chance we have. What about the other dark minions? Blue asked. Can I kick some hard old butt? If you must, but even they may be redeemable. It's worth a try. And the Lunas? Another fairy asked. The Lunas? 
<clears throat> Magborn cleared his throat and pointed behind me. I turned and saw the bat-winged creatures flying over the minion camps. They just arrived this morning, he said. I sighed. The Lunars will be difficult to change, I told the group. Their hearts have been darkened for many years, but if you have a chance to dunk them on my signal, do it. I will get my sister. Magborn, keep Tim off me as long as you can. Magborn unsheathed his Zaxlin. Gladly. Across the field, the Dark Army was already assembling. They had started getting into battle formation when they saw the daffodils come flying out of the forest. Tim and Emerald stood at the back near the tree. I could hear the minions chants. Stab the tree! Stab the tree! Stab the tree! Tim hesitated. He turned and faced the tree. He drew his shadow blade. All eyes watched with anticipation. The Luna Queen glared at Timothy. Do it already! I could hear her say through the pieces of shadow stone. Tim raised the sword, held it for a moment, and then stabbed it into the mud right behind a bulging root. From our angle, it looked as though he had stabbed it. The dark army roared its approval. Tim pulled the sword free and raised it to the air. Shoo! Crack! An enormous dark cloud swirled around the tree and filled with lightning. The dark army cheered some more. The Luna Queen, on the other hand, didn't look pleased. What are you doing? She hissed. She shouted at the toad, but the sounds of the thunder above drowned out her words. Tim aimed the sword at us. Attack! I turned to our army. Don't let the spectacle fool you. The toad himself is full of fear. Fly with me and watch for my signal. I drew my Zaxlin and let out a long breath. I could feel the stored pixie swirling inside me, begging to be released. Light help us, I whispered, and flew off the boulder. Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings and the Fairy Kings. We just have a couple episodes left. We're almost there to the finale, so I hope you're hanging in there and enjoying it. This has been a fun season to do. I want to thank Roxanne Webb, my mom, for looking over the story, Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio, and I want to shout out Tate from College Station, Texas. Tate, you're the man. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. I love it. 
I love the feedback in the emails and in the reviews. If you've left a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, thank you so much. These reviews are greatly appreciated. Here's one right here. It says, I love the podcast. It's from Stella. Loves this podcast. Thank you, Stella. It says, I love the Winglings and the Fairy King episodes. And there are these like fairy emojis and little sparkles. I'm pretty creative, guys. That's pretty cool. I see a bunch of other reviews that are requesting more episodes of Grandpa's Globe, Camp Dino. Stay tuned. I plan to come back to those series in the near future, so stay tuned on that. There's one right here. It says, hi, Mr. Webb. I love this podcast. I have to agree with Isabel's statement on the girls and more romance, too. Um, I'm not sure what Isabel's statement was, but more romance. Okay. Uh, I think the only romance that we've really had, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is... um, Space Train Season 2, is that giving anything away? I don't know. Anyway, it says, love this podcast. Please make more Camp Dino. It is probably my favorite. My brothers got super into Knights of Spatula like it was kind of scary. When your brother attacks you with a spatula, you don't forget. (laughs) Anyway, love this podcast. Keep up the stories. You're the best. Anonymous from Memphis, Tennessee. I love it. Thank you so much for that feedback. And hey, If your brothers are listening, you get away from your sister with that spatula. That is not what that story's talking about, okay? Have fun with the spatulas with uh, parental permission, but uh, don't whack each other with them, okay? Please don't. I take no responsibility for that, nor have I encouraged it. So uh, be nice to your sister, okay? Okay. Rocketeers, thank you so much for the feedback. Please be kind in your reviews. I know since the change in the Rocketeer Club... There has been a little bit of frustration with some listeners, but as a reminder, I'm trying to appeal to all listeners, all audiences, trying to have free episodes out there, trying to make it so you can purchase past seasons standalone or subscribe to a Rocketeer Club monthly or yearly subscription. So anyway, please, please be positive in your reviews. Most of them are, but just a friendly reminder. And thank you so much, Rocketeers, for your feedback and your support. Till next time, this is your host. Greg Webb.